Here's a great question. Mike, can a person block their good by adding stipulations for the law of attraction to operate? It depends. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, I'm Mike Dooley, here to remind you once more that your thoughts become things. And I'm going to do it today by dropping another edition of a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. These were broadcasted live this week. My answers to fellow adventurers' questions about life, dreams, and happiness. And each one took 5, 10, or 15 minutes. We've sewn them all together for your viewing and listening enjoyment. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley, happy holidays. I hope you're getting into the holiday spirit. We certainly are here. Uh, in spite of the warm weather and relatively warm weather in Florida. This is a spiritual tune-up where I answer your questions Monday through Friday, 9.15 Eastern Standard Time. I got a really great question for you. And if I may say so, the answer I have surprised myself. How and what to pray for others? Mike, what do we pray when praying for others? Others get cancer, have a broken down car. A child gets a medical test and a number of things that make people fearful. I am not presumptive enough to tell God, the universe, inner source energy, etc., what to do. God already knows what to do. So do we send them love? Do we send them light? Do we send them God's energy? How do we pray for others? Oh, yes. Uh, this is such a clever and well thought out uh, question. Truly, God is everywhere always at once. It would be silly to think that God's effect on others in the terms we normally think might increase if we send a prayer or might not be as strong if we don't send a prayer. I mean, if it really made... A, okay, let me not go there. Not yet. So let me ask you a couple of questions. Given that you understand we are everywhere always at once, that we are truly God Almighty come alive in the dream of life, let's say that the person who's got the cancer or the broken down car or, or it's your child who's waiting for a medical test, let's just say it was you. Would it make a difference if you could choose how you felt between hope and fear? Would it make a difference? And is not choice in what to think synonymous with prayer? So let's call it prayer. If you are facing a grave, dire situation yourself, hypothetically, and then we'll extend it to others, would it make a difference? Even though God is everywhere, even though you are God, would it make a difference if you chose to focus on hope versus fear? Expectations of improvement or expectations of decline. You know it would. Thoughts become things. Yes, this is all playing out in the heart of God, but there are these beliefs we have hooked up to the constructs of the matrix, time, space, and matter, where we play out these uh, adventures. And in the ultimate scheme of things, you know, we're all going to laugh in the shade in the palm of God's hand. But right now, does it make a difference? Oh, you better believe it makes a difference. Uh, try to spend a, a couple of days in total terror and a couple of days in total bliss. Does that make a difference? 
It's all illusions, but it makes a difference. So if it was you and it was your thoughts alone, your prayers for yourself alone, creating hope or festering fear, would it make a difference? Absolutely. Now, let's bring it home and reiterate what I just said. Given your pure divinity, that where you focus, you focus God, that God is you and God's got everything under control. God is you, you are God, and God has everything under control. Would it still make a difference if you chose to wallow in love or wallow in fear? Even though you are God, this is very similar to the first one, but I want to build a case here. Even though you know you are God and ultimately everything works out for the best, would it make a difference in what you chose to focus on? Now, are you able to see that all is God, that, that everyone is a little bit of you and you are in a little bit of everyone, that God being everywhere always at once, we are all God with just the, the, the distinction that we have different filters, different lenses through which God pours, okay? So if you're able to see that you are in that person, who just suffered from the tornadoes in Kentucky, or if you're in that person who is struggling for uh, survival in Afghanistan, or if a little bit of you is in everyone going through some trouble right now, you can see that, right? You're there. <coughs> Would it make a difference if this part of that someone else felt more love and hope than fear? Do you see how one person's vibration further and closer to the light will literally reach everyone in the world? And if you focus on a certain individual, a certain person, of course, there's going to be even more radiance of them waking up in you and you waking up in them. So anywhere you focus your attention with light, love and hope it's reaching that other part of you that's inside of them whether they like it or not their vibration is going to be pushed up a little bit more and if anybody reaches out with love to you your vibration is going to be pushed up a little bit more that we are all aspects of one another when one falls we all fall fortunately we live in a world where we're pushed on to greatness every single day where our thoughts become things our words give us wings uh, we're far more inclined to succeed. True thoughts in alignment with truth are far easier to manifest. We got all of this going for us. And on top of that, when we think a little bit of others as well as ourselves, seeing ourselves in others, if that's what it takes and there's no shame, then the vibration goes up everywhere. When I started putting this these thoughts together after reading the question, um, I was, I, I am now more electrified, more positive, more inspired to think lovingly of all people. How and what to pray for others, whatever you feel is right, whatever is touching you. Do you think it's more love that they need, more inspiration, more hope, more clarity, more abundance, more friends, more confidence, more creativity, more of anything. 
If you can hold that vision of them in a place of receivership or send your angels there, send your care there, anything uh, with benevolence, anything with the intention of making things better, it absolutely raises the vibration, not only in their heart and soul, but on this entire planet, in this entire solar system, in the entire physical universe. This is the power of your thoughts. So how and what to pray? We're not telling God what to do, but God came alive as you and I, and God chose to have this amnesia to not remember so that the adventure can begin. And there's these fleeting beliefs in have and have not here and there. Ultimately, it's all a big charade. But in the middle of that charade, there's feelings and emotions. Like in the middle of a nighttime dream, there can be terror, there can be ecstasy. And for the person having the dream, it is real and it matters. It absolutely matters. And so just wish for the best for all involved. That intention, inspired by nothing other than love, will carry it as far as they will receive it. Now, they'll receive it, but it's a matter of how much they embrace it. And ultimately, we all create our own reality. We can set the stage for their likely imminent blossoming and uh, rising into higher levels of peace, love, and clarity. But of course, we all have that responsibility to do that for ourselves ultimately, or there wouldn't be an adventure, the adventure that, that God has chosen to be you. But while each person is learning of their own power, we can all help along. Uh, even a wish or a prayer for world peace, for world happiness, to end world hunger. Um, everything makes a difference. So I'm super grateful for this really great question. I'm super grateful for the for the insights I feel like I got, I, I hope so much that I was able to impart a little bit of what I feel can make a difference in understanding the power of prayer. Because in the old school way, yeah, you know, why ask God to do something when God's already there doing all God can? But when you realize you are also a part of God and a part of you rests in that soul and as they rest in yours and you can raise your vibration, you will raise their vibration. So see the best wish for the best whatever comes to pass know it was the best jumbo fellow adventurers mike dooley it's time for a spiritual tune-up all right here's a great one a deep one took some prep time but thanks for the awesome questions the difference between subconscious and higher self specifically mike in the older books like the power of your subconscious mind and the secret of perfect living and many more. They talk about the subconscious mind. After learning all that I've learned in the past three years, I wonder if the subconscious that they write about is really our higher selves. But then I notice subconscious regulates bodily functions, etc. Do you think they didn't have a word or a phrase for higher self? And so they wrapped it all into the subconscious is the higher self and subconscious separate? Are they the same? Would you please help clear this up for me? All right, you have to ask each particular author of those uh, legendary books for exactly what they meant. But let me tell you how slippery this slope is. First, words slip and often completely fail when trying to pin down 
uh, esoteric, psychological, spiritual answers. We do the best we can and we can do really, really good, but it is a very slippery slope. Number two, we struggle. And I would say, if I may, that even modern day psychologists, psychiatrists, uh, the whole bailiwick struggle with understanding from the, the, the human perspective, the different strata of spirit, consciousness, soul, ego, etc. It's like, you know, it's not like it's, you know, objective. And third, we struggle with understanding pure basic spirituality and the divine, right? Okay, so we're on a slippery slope, but we can do wonders. When we put our attention there, we ask some big, big questions and we expect to be answered. Not always in words, but in feelings. And this is what I got for you. Um, there are no distinct layers of consciousness, subconsciousness, or anything in between. It is one strata, if you will. It is one gestalt or body of awareness. It is home to our ego. It is the lens through which we experience life on earth as you know, creature, physical beings based in form. Okay, there's only consciousness. Some neighborhoods in this gigantic gestalt we visit all the time and we're really familiar with it. Okay, and we call that our consciousness. Other neighborhoods in this one body for which there is no clear delineation between one and the other, it's just this big morphing hazy area. The other that we, there, there are areas we never visit, but they are there and they are visitable. Okay, it's all consciousness. Now, to put a handle on the neighborhoods we don't visit, call it subconscious. Okay, I understand what you mean. But that has a lot of triggers and implications. Like it's mysterious. It's where evil lurks. Um, we can't go there. We can't figure it out. And no, it's just an extended part of consciousness. And it holds these kind of thoughts, our beliefs, which are often invisible because we don't go there. People are mean. God is angry. Life is hard. I'm overweight. Money is unspiritual. Those are not truths. Those are reflections of a snapshot in time. You are not overweight as an essence. You are not overweight or, or averse to money as an essence. But you can believe you are. And then the physical manifestations will give evidence to what you claimed. So these are unvisited neighborhoods, but with a little introspection, or maybe in some cases, a lot of introspection, self-reflection, we can go to all those neighborhoods. You can figure out whether or not you think money is unspiritual. You can, you can deduce whether or not you think God is angry. You don't go there necessarily. Sometimes we do, but other times we don't. So we're not familiar with it, but we can be familiar with it. There's nothing lurking in there. There's no boogeyman or boogeywoman. It's all you. It's all of your thoughts and your beliefs. And you can look for those that are self-sabotaging you. Or as I have recently shared in other spiritual tune-ups, you can begin installing new beliefs that will erode those other neighborhoods that aren't so cool to visit. The second level here, higher self. It is pure spirit. Our higher self is pure spirit. It is intrinsic with 
our divinity. It is part and parcel of our godhood, the mantle upon which our existence blossoms and flowers. Our higher self, while characterized by the lens of our ego, is pure divinity, pure God. All right? Prior to the body ego conscious level, you know, tainting it. All right. The third thing I wanted to share with you, the implication in your question, bodily functions. I know they're handled by the subconscious. That's what we were told. Okay. That's what we were told. The blind leading the blind. Uh, that's what it's like. We're all wearing blindfolds at this very primitive juncture, spiritually speaking, on planet earth. We're told that our subconscious mind, our body has an intelligence. Our body from head to toe has an overriding objective to sustain itself. And every cell, every muscle, every bone, every tendon has its own intelligence. In mind-boggling ways, everything is alive. Everything has intention. Everything, if you will, has been programmed by pure spirit or beyond the divine. And you know what? There's no delineation, really, even there. Consciousness, spirit, God, it's just handles from which we can get a grip. And I'm going to give you some traction with this in just a second. But we have a bodily awareness that operates in and of itself, hence the vegetable state. Yet it does take direction and cue from our conscious egoic based beliefs. All right. Sustained our bodily Consciousness and intelligence is sustained by spirit, sustained. But it, it is regulated and given direction by beliefs, like I'm overweight, I'm getting old, I'm doing this, I have that, I'm stressed out, and the body responds, okay? It, it would have done fine without that, uh, but the good news is, is we can use those kind of comments in the flip, I am awesome. I am powerful. I am clear-sighted. I am healthy. I am restored. I am balanced. I am radiant, miraculous energy. And so you shall be. And your body is like, oh, I can play that tune. I know how to go anywhere that you can think of. So here's the traction. Um, you want to live and be happy. Okay. That applies to every single one of us. Uh, the questioner, you know, I, I don't know all the, the reasons behind your awesome question, but I can uh, understand that every human being and all forms of consciousness wants to live and be happy. And the question that that raises is how do you do it? And we think we have to go to subconsciousness and we have a higher self and the higher self is making different decisions than our subconscious, which is making different decisions than our conscious mind. And it gets so scrambled. You want to live and be happy, period. How do you do that? Well, as a physical being in form right now, you hold that vision. You create the imagination. You see the end result. You don't worry about spirit. It's, it's riding shotgun. You don't worry about your subconscious mind, it's part of this collaboration and it's going to do what it can to help you. And if it's got some secret self-sabotaging beliefs, you will erode those by fueling deliberate conscious thoughts, uh, conscious in the sense of, you know, I need a handle to talk about that, that, that you are deliberately aware of. So you think thoughts of life, vitality, joy, friendship, health, think those thoughts, be clear. Be congruent. Use your words. Use your demonstrations. And above all, show up with baby steps.
okay? Number two, after you've created the picture, you're congruent and you're taking action, the metaphysical laws of the universe, not spirit, not soul, not ego, the metaphysical laws that we agreed to play by that most people are unaware of, take over. This is the law of attraction. This is thoughts become things. This is what's also referred to as positive thinking by mainstream folks who don't want to venture into metaphysics. Or other people will say it is God's, it is God's doing. Metaphysical principles, thoughts become things, handle the mathematics, the trajectories, the arc, the bend, the blending, all of your other thoughts, everyone else's thoughts. It takes everything from this, this gestalt of your awareness from conscious to subconscious, keying off of those ideas of yours that are most in alignment with truth, aka the positive ones, joy, happiness, love, friendship, cooperation, keying off of those, those are way more powerful than all the other garbage. You don't even have to know the garbage, just know what you want and be alignment with truth, love, grace, beauty, joy, happy dance and the metaphysical laws of the universe, which are immovable and embendable, far more trustworthy than the physical laws of the universe. Totally different thing. Physical laws are pretty, pretty rigid, uh, but they're breakable. The metaphysical laws, you, your thoughts become things, whether you believe it or not. You know, God's not going to intervene unless it's to whisper in your ear to think some new thoughts. That happens all the time. So be congruent. Choose the thoughts you want to manifest. The metaphysical laws take over so long as you're showing up in the world and you're reachable. This is, you know, what I teach and many others teach. And number three, do not trick yourself into thinking that it's more complicated than this. Okay, you don't even have to have the handles. You don't have to have the linguistics or the terminology or the right words at the right time. You don't have to, you don't have to know who your angels are. They're helping you anyway. You don't have to... Uh, transcend, uh, you know, this self-sabotaging mechanism that was derived in your last lifetime when you were a pirate and now it's payback penance or karma time. You don't have to do any of that. You transcend everything with the thoughts you consciously choose today. Be congruent with them, show up with them, and everything else will come together in this unbelievable human uh, symphony in this unbelievable symphony that will bring your thoughts into your life as manifestations um, following metaphysical principles. It really is easy. We don't have to learn how to do this. We do it automatically. We just have to get out of our own way by thinking that it's difficult or complicated or that we don't understand it. You know, people with dreams who act on them, those dreams come true and they might not even believe in God or they might believe God is, you know, some alien space creature from some weird place. It doesn't matter even what you believe. Dream, be consistent, show up, expect a miracle and prepare to be astounded. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, thoughts become things. Time for a spiritual tune-up. Today's question is about Mother Earth. Mike, nature is one of the most precious things in life for me. The beauty of it has saved me and connected me with the divine. How do I reconcile spiritually with climate change? Do I enjoy the beauty of nature while it lasts? It makes me feel so powerless whenever 
there's a wildfire. Well, I think there's a bit of nature in all of us and it's great to hear from a fellow nature lover, but I've got to tell you, as in all things, the ultimate hook in these sacred jungles of time and space is that they belie a reality that is eternal. Your eyes, your physical senses deceive you. They want you to believe it's all or nothing. It's vibrant or it's dying. When nothing could be further from the truth, nature, like yourself, is pure spirit. It is God's dance of becoming. It is eternal. It is multidimensional. It is pure divinity. It is unmitigatable. That's not the right word. Uh, it is immutable. It is, it is, it is divine. So what do you do when you see damage and destruction? Well, first of all, I want you to understand that given that we are of the divine, we are mini me's of the universe. Nature, you could fairly say in this manifestation where we experience it is an extension of ourselves. Yesterday, we talked about our bodies being an extension of ourselves. And I pointed out that our physical bodies in mass as one cumulative uh, physical form has an intelligence, an objective, an, intel an intention. And the same is true of Mother Earth. She has an intelligence, intentions, objectives, Right down to the finest grain of sand, there's intelligence also in that. Just like in every single cell of your body, there's intelligence, and together they work in orchestration with the overall intelligence of your body. The same thing is going on with planet Earth. There is intelligence everywhere. There is God everywhere, in every molecule, and in mass, cumulatively. As can be said of our solar system, there's an intelligence. As can be said for the entire physical universe, there is intelligence. It's God come alive. But where we intersect with the manifestation of this intelligence that dances as matter, we are a co-creator of it. It is absolutely fair and totally accurate to say that the world around you is an extension of yourself. And that just as you observe it, you are simultaneously, the God particle that you are, manifesting it. You and it are one in the same baseline eternal beings. And just as you came here to see what would happen, just as you came here to delve temporarily in these, these jungles of time and space, so has consciousness come alive in these sacred jungles of time and space to see what would happen. This is not consciousness or lights out. This is consciousness here as well as other places. And so it would behoove all of us to catch on to this greatest hook of life and to stop seeing everything as either or. That's what our physical senses show us that serves us in this journey. But the greater reality is that it is eternal. It wants to be here. It wants to bloom. If it is being spoiled it if it is being polluted it's going to take a time out it's going to rehabilitate it's going to recreate itself it's got workarounds it's got angels 
just as we all do. And until our dying breath, we are here to dance. And it's the same for planet Earth. And you need not feel the sympathy uh, for the causes that you're feeling it. The best thing you can do for planet Earth is to just be a light within it. I mean, be lit up within it. Don't feel like you've got to go out there and save the planet. You don't need to save the planet. The planet is indestructible. Okay, physically speaking, it'll have to, it could potentially have to morph out, blink out, and blink on somewhere else. So to feel sadness, to feel powerless, uh, is the antithesis of why you're here. And it's the last thing nature would ever want you to feel by you feeling joyful that you even get to be here that this marvel of planet Earth could just even blink on for a second. And a second to eternity is a trillion years. Just to have a second was worth the journey. All is supremely well. You are not powerless. Feel the love that's everywhere. Play. Celebrate. Make decisions in your own realm wisely. Be as intelligent and emotionally fueled as possible to act with love in your heart and to conserve water and to uh, avoid chemicals in the fertilizers. Um, choose your diet wisely uh, because different things grow in different ways and have different effects on the planet. Not to save the planet, but to have more fun because it's good for you, it's good for the planet, it's good for everyone. Worry not, all is well. We are part of a much bigger plan. What's important in your life is your happiness. And if nature brings that to you, go be happy and nature will be happy in return. Let it be easy, fellow adventurers. It always truly is. Um, we have angels. We are guided. This is just one big dream. And as Ram Dass said, we are all walking each other home. Jumbo fellow adventurers and uh, welcome to another spiritual tune-up. I'm Mike Dooley. We're midway through December 2021. Get my years straight. Uh, headed into the holidays. My last broadcast before the holidays arrive. Today's question uh, I think you're going to resonate with and while the answer may seem to go one way, it's going to go another way. Um, when you win and others lose is the title of today's tune-up. The question the, 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 the implication, um, winners versus losers, is actually flawed. And let me share this before I share the specific question. The idea of winners versus lose, losers uh, takes for granted that we truly live in a world of our own creation. And in a world where your thoughts become things, your words give you wings, you're pushed on to greatness every single day, there are only winners. Yet to the physical senses and due to the unintentional manifestations that we are, you know, learning to navigate around, it can be a painful journey and it can feel like there are losers. Um, I want you to be past that idea that for one person to gain, other people must lose, uh, as well as that there are winners and losers to begin with, okay? But let's look at this question and see if you can relate to something like this happening in your past at any point ever. Mike, if you went to a store to buy some stuff and after paying, you discovered you weren't charged for some items, 
what would be the way to act? Has that ever happened to you? Okay, now, granted, materiality makes a difference. So if you, you know, drove a half hour there, half hour home, and you found out you got, you know, a $3, you know, stick of gum for free, yeah, it's not on you to even consider going back to the store. But if it was a $300 pair of pants, yeah, well, okay. So let's talk. Um, in the comic strip and the movie Superman, there was that famous quote, with great power comes great responsibility. Well, one of the coolest hooks is that it works in reverse too. With great responsibility comes great power. If you are acting to the best of your best all the time, you are a magnet for abundance. You are a magnet for love. You are a magnet for health and healing and harmony. With great responsibility comes great power. But on our linear timelines, in some cases, the responsibility, in this case, will come first. And there's not a whole lot of glory uh, typically associated with responsibility. It's like one of those things that you got to do, uh, but oh my gosh, it is the key to unlocking unlock magic and miracles. Now, I want to be really clear. We do not owe anybody anything. Not your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother. Nobody owes anybody anything. Parents and their kids, that's different uh, until they get to their own age. You know, if you brought them into this world, the intention and the expectation in our DNA is to give them their wings to set them free. And so, okay, that's a little bit of an exception. And okay, if you make vows with somebody or if you're being transparent with somebody and you tell them it's this way and then you go that way, Hey, it's not that you owe them, you owe yourself. Because if you're not being congruent, if you're not being transparent, if you're not being honest, that means your vibe is in such a place that you're going to attract those kind of folks to you. All right, so while nobody owes anybody anything, whatever your attitude is towards others, so shall you receive and this is huge. So if you go somewhere and someone slips and falls because of their own invisible limiting beliefs and it benefits you, and the fall does not mean literally falls down on the ground and hurts themselves, you know, they make a mistake checking out your goods and all of a sudden you have a $300 pair of pants for free at, at the expense, excuse the, the word slippage here, at the expense of the store who went out and had a buyer and sourced it and placed it and purchased it and all of that stuff. If all of a sudden you have somebody's blue jeans um, and the person you got them from doesn't know that they're even missing, it would clearly be an unintentional manifestation of theirs. Now, do you owe them? No. But if you think, oh, well, you, you know, it's mine now and you'll never know and that was your manifestation, that will put you in a world where the same thing is going to happen to you. Are you a perfect manifester? Do you ever have the unintended manifestation? Would you want somebody to, to take advantage of you and, and not return the $100 bill that fell out of your pocket as you walked down Main Street? 
That's exactly what's going to happen to you if you have this laissez-faire attitude where you do not take the higher road. It is incumbent upon all of us to act with the highest ideals. This is the responsibility I was talking about. Why? Because it opens the floodgates of joy into your life. Being highly responsible. Now, I've heard others kind of play this and say, like, well, look, you've been wanting to manifest those genes and you hardly had the money. And this is the universe's way of gifting it to you. The universe is not so feeble that it needs to give you kind of gray areas to lurk in to find your game. Okay, the universe is so crystal clear and magnanimous and abundant that when your vibe is here, oh my gosh, it's yours and nobody will dispute it and nobody's going to claim it and, and everyone's going to celebrate that it's yours. So if something comes into your realm by accident, it's someone else's unintended manifestation. And if it's if it was theirs and now it's yours and, and you have the ability to make amends, this tells the universe, I am provided for, I can take care of you, and you will then be taken care of. And it probably won't come from that transaction. You will go give back those $300 jeans, and if you want them, you've got to go buy them. But then a week later, you're going to get a $1,000 check in the mail uh, because uh, Aunt Betty in Singapore just won a megabucks. And, and, and it will be connected to that deed which created your vibration. So you don't owe anybody anything, but if you're not living with maximum integrity, and what a cool challenge that is. I know it can seem when your back's against the wall that for you to live in total impeccable integrity, that it's gonna you know, take some skin, that it's gonna not be so easy, that you might have to forego a cup of coffee at Starbucks the next morning. Forego it. Forgo it. Mountains will be moved. Your reality will be changed because you will be the shining light of all that's possible through your demonstration showing the universe that all is supremely well and I'm going to play this game and I'm going to reap what I sow and my, my vibration is going to go through the ceiling. So what you stand to gain by being a person of integrity who takes responsibility to pick up the trash that's blowing across the street because you had a moment to do that, oh my gosh, good things are coming your way. And you can celebrate. You can be like, I'm the one who got to pick that crap up. I'm the one who got to make the street a better place. I'm the one who is going to beautify this area so that others following me won't see trash blowing around. How great a gift is that? I get to be that person. And not only can you see it that way, but then the floodgates begin to tremble of good things and tidy people, people like yourself. These will be your friends and your peeps who you hang out with. It all goes upward. And when you're, when you're acting with integrity in one area, it spills over into all areas of your life. You might be doing it in the grocery store or shopping for jeans, but suddenly at the romantic level, you know, at the exciting exotic vacation level, with the travel partner level, with the health and healing level, everything starts working great in your life because you set the vibe. All right. I think we got what we needed to get here. And uh, I'm glad I could end on what I felt uh, was uh, a strong tune-up. So I'm going to wish all of you the happiest of holidays, a happy, happy new year with lots of room for integrity, responsibility, and wild abundance in every 
shape, size, and form. And I wish you the happiest new year. May 2022 be the best year of your life so far on this upward spiral to the light. Locked arm in arms with those you love, me included, and I'll see you next year. Well, there you have it. One more week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed what you just saw or heard, please share with a friend. Uh, thumbs up, like, follow, whatever may be the case on the platform you're now experiencing this. If you want more inspiration every single day, I send out a note from the universe. Right now, it's going out to a million people. We'd love to add you to that list. Enjoy. Thoughts become things. See you next time.